what is my very new and shiny podcast, The New Therapist in Town. My name's Amanda Hitchin and I'm a child and adolescent psychotherapist. Working in and around mental health with young people, I'm inspired by my clients every day, by their perseverance, determination and resilience to come back from the lowest points in their life. I've achieved many great things because of being inspired by and seeing the achievements and dedication of others around me. I want this podcast series to provide that opportunity for my listeners. This first series is focused on what motivates and drives inspiration. I'll be interviewing a range of people who have achieved wonderful things, overcome adversity and inspired others. I want to hear all about their passions and projects and find out what makes them tick. I want to discover what challenges they may have faced and what led up to where they are now. Thank you for coming, Rosie. Nice to, nice to meet you again. Yeah. In person. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Even though we uh, our paths have crossed yeah. years and years ago and uh, yeah, small world. Very small world, very yeah. small world. I wondered if you could start by sort of explaining to my listeners what it is you do and what you're up to now. So my full-time role is I'm a coach development officer um, and we work in the talent space. So what we do is we support coaches in the female game working at tier three and four. So like Ipswich, Billericay, Hashtag and any um, pathway um, any pathway bits like the ETC will jump on and will support coaches there with a real lens on supporting female coaches as well. Mm -hmm. So we do a lot of work within that space of the game trying to get out there, support, mentor coaches to get to their next level and offer them support that they, they might not necessarily get out there. Brilliant. And, and that's all in obviously the football world. Like, all in yeah, the football world, yeah. yeah. All in the football world. Yeah, so what sort of got you into football? Where does that passion come from? Um, I think it was just growing up, grew up in London, I had two brothers, um, and I think life back then was very different to how it is now for a kid. Um, you'd be happy going over the park, putting your jumpers down, get a match set up, and you'd be over there all day. Um, so that's where it came from, and I didn't actually start playing until I was probably about 14, and it was only by chance that um, at the school at the time, um, Tottenham had come in to my brother's year to do some bits and he spoke to them and said, look, my sister's, I think my sister's quite good. Do you, is there anything you've got that we can, um, I can bring her along to? So they, they was like, come along, went down there on a Saturday. Me and my brother walked from Edmonton to Tottenham an hour's walk to get to this session. And I was like, yeah, but you, you're in the wrong age group, need to put you up to the under 14. So my passion really came from there. From that moment, I played for Spurs for about... I think in total about 10 years and I went and done my degree in sports and, and played at Charlton for a little bit and then came back to Spurs. So it really came from playing and probably those early memories of playing over the park with my brother and all his mates. Yeah, brilliant. So you, you obviously enjoy playing. Um, how did you sort of have that progression into coaching and management? So I started, obviously I started playing at, at Spurs and there was a the, the guy at the time that was running the team, his name is Lindsay, and he had um, a coaching business called AAG, um, Asian Action Group, and they'd done a lot of good work in Wood Green area mm -hmm. for underrepresented groups. And he asked me to come along and do some bits and they paid for my level one at the time. And it kind of just went from there. Like I really enjoyed coaching. Um, and as, as I progressed on and, and didn't really know what I wanted to do, so I went to uni, done something in sports. Um, and I continued continued the, on the pathway of, of coaching and that's what I really love doing um, and then it kind of all landed hand in hand and I'm kind of what 15 years on and I'm, I'm here managing a men's team in my spare time as well which is a little bit crazy at times. 
Yeah, and you've had some press coverage as well recently. Well, in the last year, certainly, you've had quite a bit of coverage. Yeah, How so Sky Sports got in contact because they'd, they'd followed, I think they'd followed me for a while as being the only female, um, the highest female in the male game in this country. And um, they came down, they'd done a little bit um, at training. And then at that point, we'd got our position in the, in the playoffs. So they came along and they'd done the semi-final playoffs and we got through to that. Um, and then I got a phone call from Rob who was covering it um, and he was like, look, really want to get to the playoff final, but I'm meant to be going to cover, um, I think it was um, Southampton at the time. He goes, I'm meant to be going down to Southampton cover that game. I'm trying to get it covered. And I'm sitting there thinking, trying to get Southampton Premier League game covered <laughs> for a little Stanway Pegasus. And to be fair, he did and, and they, they came along and, and we didn't get the result. We went out on penalties in the, in the playoff finals, but they'd done a really nice piece and it was probably about 10 to 15 minutes on Sky Sports News. So it was really good for me, but it's also really, really big for the club as well. Yeah, so you brought some exposure to the area and to the team. Yeah, it, it, and it was, the boys loved it and it was just good to see what clubs like Stanway Pegasus are doing in the local community, not just at the senior level, but we've got 18 youth teams um, and we've got 300 odd youth players playing for us both female, male, boys, girls. So yeah, we're a real diverse club and it, it was really good just to celebrate that. Brilliant, that's amazing. Thank you so much. So what was younger Rosie like? <laughs> oh, <laughs> you might be able to answer that question a little bit better than me. I think younger Rosie was probably a little bit more boisterous because I, I grew up with brothers. So it was that kind of, of thing where my brother was 18 months older than me. So when I went over to park and played football, I had to hold my own. And it was that little bit of moment where I knew that if I didn't hold my own, first of all, I'm going to embarrass myself, but also I'm going to embarrass my brother around his mates. So mm -hmm. probably as a, as a young kid, I was fearless, um, very opinionated. And I think as the years have gone on and I've got older, I've learned to read the room a little bit better and know when to park some opinions and when to challenge other opinions. So yeah, I think I was probably a bit more carefree. Yeah. But you still got that streak in you. Somewhere. Still got that streak yeah. in me. If you come and watch me on a Saturday on the sideline, you'd probably say, yeah, it's just not changed. <laughs> no, but that's great. And I saw the, I did see the Sky Sports and, and you was on the BBC as well, weren't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw both of those. Oh, and okay. I thought it was just phenomenal. And to see where you'd come from, yeah. knowing you as a teenager in high school, you know, in, in London and, and just seeing that you'd stuck with that passion because it yeah. was evident even back then, like... And you say you got into it around 14. That must have been around the time that our path sort of separated a bit. But yeah. I remember even back then just being like, yes, I love that there's other girls that are into football and, and just don't care what the boys think, still going to go out and hold you. And it weren't like, oh, she's a girl, she's playing. Yeah. You were great. Like, you were probably <laughs> wiping the floor of half of them on the pitch. So, um, yeah, so for me it was like, wow, she's done what she loves and she's made yeah. that into a career and I think that's phenomenal. Yeah. Like, do you, do you feel that? Do you feel like you love what you do? So yeah, you... I think um, it's, it's that saying, isn't it? If you, if you go out and do what you love, you don't work a day in your life. And I genuinely feel with the role that I'm in now, the bits with the men's team, I, like I enjoy everything that I do. Yeah, it comes with its challenges and I, I, I've had challenges in the past, but I'm at a place where I, I love everything that I do. I love football people. My, my parents always go, oh, you're obsessed, you're obsessed with it. And it probably is an obsession, but it's an obsession that I love. And when you're when you're working with people and you're working with a group of players that have the same dreams and aspirations that you do, mm. it's a great feeling. It's a great environment to be in, and I wouldn't want to change that. Yeah, brilliant. Thank you. So you mentioned some challenges that you've had, and I wondered, have you know what have been some of the challenges, or you know, 
what things have you had to overcome to get to where you are now and yeah how I did think, you do that I think in life you get you have so many different challenges that that you either you either get up and you keep going or you let them knock you down and, and you give up and I'm not somebody that gives up and I think you probably can see that in, in most of the stuff that I do but I think when I'd finished school and I didn't at the time I'd done my GCSEs I actually didn't think that I'd get the grades that I wanted to stand at A level so I'd applied for A level I'd applied for college and I'd applied to go in the army and I thought look out of all of those three I'm probably gonna end up probably something like the army which is a great career by the way um, and then I remember getting my GCSEs and, and I got way beyond that I've been predicted and I ended up going on and doing my A-levels. And then I remember at the time, Miss Faye, a PE teacher, you might remember, she was saying to me, well, why don't you go to uni? And I'd never thought of that before. I thought, well, uni is not really for me. Um, but I ended up going doing a degree. And then once I'd finished it, I was, that was a tough time because I'd moved over to South London. I was training three times a week with Charlton. I was doing a, a full-time degree and I was working full-time in a bookies. And that was really tough time because it was kind of like, I had no spare time, I was exhausted, but you know, it was, the way I looked at it, it was three years of my life that I could, I could put up with. So, and then once I come out there, I was a little bit lost of what I really wanted to do. I didn't know I'd got a degree in sports studies, but didn't really know what I wanted to do. So I'd applied for loads of jobs and you know, it's like, like working in London, it just like, you don't, if you're lucky if you got an email back saying no. Mm -hmm. um, and then I decided to apply for a job at Cole, Cole United at the time and I was successful, got an interview and I got the job. So I decided, you know what, I'm gonna up and move. And that was really tough because I'd up and moved, I went to Ipswich, I didn't know anyone. So that was really tough. And at the time, I think I was probably about 21, 22. And oh. that was a massive step to take. So yeah, that was really challenging at the time, but I, I don't regret that. And you know, sometimes you have to go outside your comfort zone and, and up and move to seek other challenges. Otherwise you're just not gonna get anywhere where you are. Yeah, and I guess if you could say the picture 21 year old Rosie now, what would it sort of be? Be brave. Be brave and go out there, and, and I think I did do that. I think I was probably, I wish I was probably a little bit more confident and um, used my time a little bit more wisely back in the day as a coach to develop my own CPD. I think at the time I, I, I rolled with the job rather than seeking other opportunities to help me progress along the way. So that would probably what I would say if I could look back and, and do that all again. And do you regret it, or do you, you know, do you think that was the best decision? No, I've, for you? I, yeah, I think I, I, I try not to live with any regrets, as cliche as it sounds. I think any challenges that you face is always a lesson to be learned, whether it's a positive or negative, and and you, you've always got to learn from it. And if you don't learn, you're never gonna, you're never gonna be, you're never gonna progress as a person first and foremost. You're always just gonna be stuck in that way and that mindset. So, yeah, use challenges to your advantage and, and use them for what they are. Some of the things you say and the way you talk, um, you know, just very naturally, it's almost like um, sports psychology stuff, you know. And <laughs> is that something you covered in your degree, or uh, we done that, we done a little bit, we done a little bit on it, but not too much. I think I, I was really interested in sports psychology when I done my degree, but because it was an extra like three, I think it's like three or four years, yeah. it was just like. I didn't enjoy uni that much because I didn't live the uni lifestyle of, I lived at home, I was doing other bits around it. When I'd finished my, my lectures, I'd go, I'd go do a shift at William Hill and then I'd go football in the evening. So I didn't live that lifestyle. So I didn't, it wasn't somewhere that I would wanted to continue after mm -hmm. I'd finished my degree. Uh, but yeah, I think psychology is massive in, in the game at the minute. So I do do read quite a little bit. So yeah, probably sound like a book. <laughs> <laughs> No, and uh, you know, working with children and and 
particularly in my past, in my career, I've had to work with, you know, young people that are very obsessed with football and, and um, but particularly I'm thinking sort of around six or seven year olds when they're like absolutely determined, can't stand losing, it's that drive and, you know, yeah. um, it kind of, when you work with, with clients and caseloads, you know, and people that have um, these experiences, you have to go away and do the learning. And, and I guess managing teams, you're getting adults. And, yeah. and also, I know you've coached children in the past, but you're working with adults and young people who possibly are still going through those yeah. experiences at certain times. So, um, yeah, it's brilliant that you look into it and you read about it. And Yeah, yeah I think as well, like, you, you say you work with adults and children, what you find is when you're across both, it's not that dissimilar. No, it's not. You know, they both they both want to win, and they're not happy when they lose. And you and this, you but you coach a bunch of children. It's not that different to to coaching adults. You can just probably be a little bit more honest with adults and probably stretch and challenge them a little bit more than kids. But that's not to say you can't do the same with kids as well in the in the right way with the different terminology that you might use on the pitch. Yeah, brilliant. Thank you. So. I'm wondering who or what inspires you? Oh, I get asked this question a lot and, and I think a couple of people that stand out to me is first of all my brother, he was eight, he's 18 months older than me, we used to go over the park, play football and I think that's where I got my competitive streak from because there was no way he would let me go home knowing that I'd beat him and if that meant that he would injure me, the amount of times we'd go up the hospital because he'd taken me out over the field, um, but that's where my competitiveness come from and you know, he, he used to come to every game, he used to, we used to get on the bus, we used to, he used to walk with me for an hour, take me to every training session. Um, and even now when I, I manage the men's team, he'll, we, we probably speak every day, he'll phone me up going, oh, did you have a game this weekend? He tries to get to as many games as he can because Pegasus was in the um, South League last year. Mm. We played a lot of London teams so he could get to them. This year's a little bit more challenging, but yeah, he's probably, he probably taught me the, the the streak that I've got inside me. And if, if you meet my brother, we're very similar like that. We're very, most people go, oh, you spit an image of each other, your personalities are very similar. Um, but that's because we challenged each other quite a bit at a young age. Um, and obviously PE teacher, Miss Faye, she was, I, I think she, when she came into um, Alwood when I was at secondary school, I think at that time, I, I think I was probably a little bit lost as a kid. And, you know, I loved sport. I didn't really like the classroom stuff. And um, I remember she always used to say to me, when I first met you, you was this aggressive little child, but actually when I put you on the sports field, I saw someone different. And that's the first time where, and I learned a lot from her about how to manage individuals and everybody's different and how she used to nurture me as a kid, I now use later on in life with yeah. working with kids, because every kid's different. And sometimes what we see first and foremost isn't once you unwrap them like an onion there's a lot going on in there yeah. and if we can get to that core then you can start really relating to the person that's in front of you and, and she was a big inspiration for me as well yeah brilliant have you um linked up with her or caught up with her as an adult no we her paths haven't crossed as an adult um i have reached out a couple of times but yeah it's very difficult i think sometimes when you're trying to reconnect with teachers because especially the biggest one social media but people change their names because yeah. for obvious reasons with working with kids but yeah I'd, I'd love to reconnect with her at some point because she was massive in in things that i do now and my mm -hmm. behaviors that i have they were very inspiring to me Thank you. So if you had to give me a greatest achievement, and it might be hard because I know you've done quite a few amazing things, but what would you consider that to be? Uh, my greatest achievement would probably be, in football it would be um, 
when I took over at Stanway Pegasus, we done the first season, we won the double and we went unbeaten. And that was, yeah, that's got to be my biggest achievement. It's massive. So, yeah, that would be my biggest achievement. Brilliant. Thank you. And in personal life? Personal life would probably be, um, probably getting my degree, I think. Um, as much as, like I said, I didn't enjoy it, it's, it, it's, it's a massive achievement. And, yeah, I'm proud that I, I did go to uni and I did achieve that. Yeah, especially when you had so much going on. Yeah, exactly. You know, when you try and juggle a number of things at the same time is difficult. Yeah, thank you. So what does the future look like for you? What have you got uh, in the pipeline? <laughs> um, I'm hoping to get my A licence. So I've been working really hard this year to um, seek other opportunities that can help me develop um, to, to put me in a good position to get my A licence next year. So that's the next step for me career-wise um, and that qualification. And just to continue with Stanway Pegasus and see if we can climb the ladders in the leagues and yeah, just continue to put as much in as I can and help the next future generations within our club as well. Yeah, I mean obviously women's football is also an amazing place to be at the moment and I saw that you were doing some work with the University of Essex. Yeah, so I'm kind of based out of there um, a couple of days a week where uh, we, we're trying to bring my full-time role as a coach development officer at the High Performance Centre. We're trying to bring um, coaches into the uni. Uh, we're trying to make it a real hub of, of talented coaches where they can come. We can offer them some CEPD events. We can offer them some of the great stuff that the university have there at the High Performance Unit. So, yeah, it's kind of just like trying to tie everything together and put it all in one place and give these coaches some additional opportunities that they might not have had in the past. Brilliant. So, like you say, using what you've gained and learned and just giving that back to others. Yeah, 100%, yeah. yeah. Did you ever imagine you'd be working at a university? <laughs> no, not really. Uh, especially because I, when I went to uni, I didn't really enjoy it. But actually, now that I'm back and... And, and you go in there and you work with, with people that you really get on with and they again, they share the same common goal. It's, it's a really nice place to be. And I think uni for me probably 15, 20 years ago has changed a lot to yeah. now. And, you know, these students want for nothing when they go there. Everything's on campus. They have their own little community there. So it's a really, really good and exciting place to go, I think, now if you're a young person. Yeah, thank you. So if you could leave my listeners with one piece of advice, what would it be? Um, it would probably be um, never change, always stay true to who you are. I think at times we have this habit where we go into new jobs or we go into new environments and, and we feel we have to adapt. Just be yourself, um, be confident and put yourself in challenging situations because you're, you're, you're only ever going to learn from those. If you always go through life choosing the easy option, you don't progress, you don't challenge yourself. And I'd say don't don't be scared to go out there and seek new opportunities. Brilliant. Thank you so much. No worries. Thanks for having me. No, it's lovely to meet you and to hear all about what you've been up to. Thank you. Thank you for listening. I'm the new therapist in town. If you want to hear more, please subscribe.